You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The following is a paid program sponsored by Crawford Management Group and Smart Time Consultants. Please be advised that the voices and opinions you hear do not represent the views of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Hi, my name is Leah Crawford. And I'm Rhonda Nolan. And you're listening to the Let's Talk with Leah and Rhonda show. For all the beautiful entrepreneurs out there, this is for you. Good morning, Las Vegas. Happy Saturday to everybody. Hi, Miss Leah. How you doing today? Rhonda is back. I'm Rhonda back. is I'm back. back. Oh, Rhonda back. is back. back. And guess what, Rhonda? The Las Vegas Aces are two time WNBA champs. What they say, aces, aces, aces. We got to love it, right? We got to love love it because the women did it, right? That's right. The The women women did it. it. The women did it two times. (laughs) Women president, women coach. I love it. Woman president, woman coach. I love it, love it, love it. I love it, it, love it, love it. And if you missed the game, because the game was the game was one of those hard, you know, did you watch it? All the way to the end. I watched it. I I was, matter (laughs) of fact, I was sitting there crying. I was like, oh my God, they did it. They did it. Um, But today we have somebody amazing. I'm going to say it again, y'all. The person that we're about to introduce you to, you might want to take some notes, some copious notes, because I know people are always asking about grants. They're Mm -hmm. not sure how to write grants. They want to learn, you know, just how do you do this? They hear about it and don't have a clue of how to connect the dots. Well, today we are going to assist you with that. So I would like to, uh, first of all, I've known this woman probably since I've been in Vegas. Um, and I've watched her grow and start this business. So I would like to welcome Miss Janice Wiggins to the show. Hey, Janice. Well, welcome. hello there, Miss Leah Crawford. How you doing? Hello, Miss Rhonda. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, ladies, for having me here on your wonderful show. You know I tune in. I appreciate it. Look, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. <laughs> we really yes. appreciate that. But just, I guess, introduce yourself to our audience. Absolutely. Great. Who is Janice Wiggins? Yeah, so um, as you said, my name is Janice Wiggins. I'm the CEO, founder of Grant Me Success. It is a business, woman-owned, minority-owned based business here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, We provide education, first of all, on grants. The first question that I oftentimes get is, what is a grant and how can I get one is the next question that I get. So we provide education on grants. I help people start 501c3 nonprofit organizations. So if they haven't even started a nonprofit organization, then our company can help them to do that paperwork. Um, Of course, we write grants. I teach um, grant writing classes, and we have a nonprofit leaders academy as well, as well, where we uh, have a 12-week program, and we take people through many different operational and human resource components that they need to know to uh, run an effective nonprofit organization. So, how long is that class? 12 weeks. 12 weeks. 12 weeks. And then. Um is that every day? Is it on a Saturday? How does it work? 
We meet once a week. Okay. Um, usually it's on Wednesdays. Right now we're doing it Wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. We're actually getting ready to wrap up one of our um, series, and we're going to be having a graduation on All November right. 3rd. All so right. we have 11 graduates. That's wonderful. Yeah, from here in Las Vegas. And we have actually one person who's going to be traveling here for graduation from California. That's wonderful. Yeah, so very excited. And uh, then once we wrap that up, November November 1st, we're actually going to be starting our Grant Writing Academy, and that is an eight-week program. Okay. So some of our nonprofit leaders are going over into the Grant Writing Academy, but then we also have a couple of slots open um, for that program. So you have two wonderful programs, one ending and one getting ready to start. How much does something like this cost? Um, right now they're about six ninety seven. Okay, six hundred ninety seven dollars. Okay, really affordable. That's very affordable. Um, I if, thought you was gonna say something different. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Look, for right now, right. that's what the cost is. But you know, today's price is not tomorrow's price. That's so right. we'll see about tomorrow. That's right. That's so right. they may want to get in now. <laughs> so your next class is starting November the first, and it's an eight week class. So it's from November the first to December thirtieth. About the twentieth. About, about 20th. December twentieth. And this mm-hmm. is for people in the nonprofit business who want to learn how to write grants. Absolutely. Oh. Yep. I'm going to take them from grant writing basics. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about budgeting. I find that that's the place, and Leah can probably attest to this, but that is the place where a lot of people get stuck on mm-hmm. writing grants. Is looking at that budget piece and trying to decide. How do I do this budget for a grant? What can I ask for? What am I allowed to ask for? Mm -hmm. So we go through budgeting. We talk about um, uh, how to manage a grant. So it's one Mm. thing to write the grant. It's one thing to receive the grant. I see Leah's yes, I see Leah's head shaking over there. And that grant management piece—it's no joke. It's It's, no joke. it's, It's not. And what I found is a lot of people go about it backwards. Mm-hmm. They see a grant that's out there and they try to write a program for the grant. Mm-hmm. That's you're and right. That's, and that's backwards. That's backwards. So your program, if you're in a nonprofit world, you need to build what your nonprofit is about and then talk about what you need to operate this nonprofit. And then you find a grant that fits within that scope. Right. Because then you're work because when you're working backwards, you know, they'll see something. Oh, I can make this work. Well, that's why the budget is challenging, because you don't already have the pieces in place. See, if you're already working the program, you can better answer the questions on the grant because you're already doing it every day. You already have the information. It's just you just simply filling it in. But if you are trying to build a program around the grant, I agree with you. That's that's not the way to go. But that's what you find a lot of times. Interesting. That's what that's what you find a lot, especially with the smaller Mm-hmm. Nonprofits, mm-hmm. Um, the larger ones, they they got to figure it out, and people wonder why they always get like why certain larger agencies always get certain funding because then there are unrestricted funds. Mm-hmm. So certain agencies, and I can give you like Clark, Clark County Outside Agency Fund, it used to be around, and it's still they still, still have the, grant, okay. yeah, they still right. have that grant with so Clark County, with mm-hmm. Clark County, and what we found was it's it doesn't matter what program you're doing, they're looking for ways. To give money to the community. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can use your program that you're writing and apply for those funds. And you can pay for, you know, pay for stuff. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, what grant I writing usually, is different. Yeah. What I usually suggest to organizations is that they stay true to their mission. That's <laughs> what we're really talking about right. is staying true to your mission. And then also one of the sessions or um, 
uh, series, the weeks that we study in the Nonprofit Leaders Academy is that program development piece. Yes. So once your organization has a board, once you have a mission, a vision, then you need to start developing the programs. And sometimes people are visionaries and I have to will in my visionary (laughs) sometimes and say, listen, just focus on one program for right now. Just get one program going. You know, I know that there are a lot of people out there that need services. There are a lot of programs that are needed in the community. But if you want to just focus on housing, let's just make that the main thing and focus on housing. Because then housing goes into different things, right? Because it's housing for veterans, housing for women, battered women. It's housing for this person. But if you're doing housing, stay there. It's many different categories. It's very. It's a whole lot of different categories with housing. But once you have the housing program set up, then you're just changing the community that you're servicing. Right? Absolutely. Because so the program is set up. Yeah, way to expand. But then if sometimes people see money over hearing food insecurity and then they want to all of a sudden open up the pantry okay i'm not saying there's anything wrong with open up a pantry but you haven't figured out the housing piece yet <laughs> right i know because you look at your bigger organizations that do all of that right, right. but you got to remember steps to it but they didn't do that stuff overnight they, it, did, not. It, they this, did not it took time they had to really build and grow Absolutely. But a way you could bring um, the food in is that when you're dealing with housing insecurities, maybe not have the food pantry, but have the collaboration with someone that does. And you use the referral over to that program to do that. And that's what what I loved about some of the nonprofits I worked with is because nonprofits was my that was my thing when I for years Mm -hmm. is when you build the collaboration and everyone you do what you're good at that's right you do what you're you do what you're good at and then let's refer the clients because at the end of the day you want to fill a need right and it might take multiple organizations to fill a need because HIV was actually my passion mm-hmm. had been my passion for a good decade or so and um, it's been some years well decades now since I've worked in it that's actually how you and Janice met that's actually how Janice and I met I was working I came out here right I came out here from well it's been my passion since we were in DC Mm -hmm. and when I came out here that's what I was working at HIV and AIDS and just the programs that are needed and just having multiple you know offering multiple services testing you know just different things but let you need to do what you're good at Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can become good at master something and then go on and master something. That's right. Else. Absolutely. So, Miss Janice, how yeah. long have you uh, owned uh, Grant Me Success? Tell me a little bit about your business. So, we start, I started Grant Me Success. I say we now because I just hired my first employee. Congratulations. That's huge. And my first contractor. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So, we are expanding. So, I say we, but I started Grant Me Success in 2017. So, just uh, this month, celebrated six years in business. Congratulations. Thank Can we you. give her a hand clap for that, Wes? Can we give her a hand clap for that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Um, and I actually started my business based on some inspiration from here at UNLV. UNLV is my alma mater. My background is in social work, and I got a master's from here at UNLV in public administration. And I was attending a workshop um, by the Brookings Institute. That's mm-hmm. one of the institutes here at UNLV. And the presenter at the time was sharing information about federal grants and that Nevada is considered what we call a donor state in the grant world. And what that means is that Nevada, um, we give 
more tax dollars back to the federal government than we receive from the federal government in grant dollars. And so basically, we're not getting our fair share, our Mm. share of the pie. Now, our neighboring states, you know, the ones that are California, Arizona, you know, you got it. New Mexico, New Mexico, um, Colorado, Colorado. they're getting more grant dollars than Nevada. Nevada was like 50th at that time at that presentation, 2015. Wow. Wow. And so with my background in social work, I've always worked with nonprofit organizations or government entities. And either my position was funded by a grant or the entire organization was funded by a grant or a portion, a program within the organization was funded by grants. So I knew that um, I could do something about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I could do my part. And I've always been a person that um, I just looked around me and wanted to see how I could be of service. And I said, you know what? I can write some grants. I can write some grants. So I know that I can help to bring some grant dollars here to the state of Nevada. Um, So start my business in 2017 and have just been going on and flourishing since that time. Well, we appreciate that because um, knowing Nevada is a donor state and it's just applying now. Yeah. Applying and having a good application, getting that application approved and then getting the funding, but more important, spending the funding. Absolutely. And that's one of the key things. So the reason why Nevada was a donor state and giving away more um, tax dollars than they were receiving is because they just wasn't asking. Mm-hmm. Just, asking. Not asking. just not asking. That's it. Just not asking. Just not asking. And other states more frequently put in those applications. And grants is kind of like a numbers game. It's not just a numbers game, meaning the frequency in which you ask for it. But like you said, uh, producing quality and competitive applications. So grant writing is really a technical skill. Um, and a lot of people could do it. You know, if you have knowledge about a particular topic, you're passionate about it. All you need to do is develop the technical skill of grant writing, which is why I teach the have the Grant Writing Academy to teach people to take the knowledge that you have, the passion that you have and uh, put a little sauce on it and submit these applications and get this money, get this Again, grant money. Class starts November 1st. <laughs> November 1st. How do, how, do, how do we get in contact with you? Uh, my website, grantmesuccess.com, www.grantmesuccess.com. I'm also on social media, Facebook. Grant Me Success. Just look for Grant Me Success. And on Instagram, Grant Me Success as well. And for so, some of you old timers that uh, are not really savvy with the Internet, you can call. Her you office call. number is 702-440-9390. Contact her at what number? 702-440-9390. But I want to also say when they write the grant, make sure the budget matches the narrative. Oh, absolutely. Make sure the budget read just read the narrative make sure the budget matches the narrative so if you say you're going to help 200 people make sure that you budget for 200 people and not 2,000 there you go (laughs) just make it just make sure no you could because those those are the little things Mm -hmm. they're looking for to see if you if we give you this money can you manage it Mm mm-hmm Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other things that encouraged me to go ahead and jump out there and start my business as a grant writer is that um, when I was 
when I was younger, <laughs> when I was early on in my career, um, I shared an office with one of the management analysts at um, the organization that I was working at, Southern Nevada Health District. And when I, I shared an office with that person, that person was the budgets person as the management analyst. And I would hear and I would see and I would soak in information and I would ask her to teach me some things. And she would. And she said, you know what? You know how you need to learn how to write grants? She said, go and learn how the government scores grants. Yes. So I became a federal grant reviewer and I reverse engineered and I learned actually how to read and score grants before I ever became a grant writer. Wow. And I dedicated about 10 years into that before I ever became a grant writer. That's some great experience. Yeah, you actually got to see them, look at them, read them. And then take, score them, score them, score them, know what they're looking for, know what they're looking for, you know, and then be able to take all those tips and tricks back and work for other people there and help other organizations. That's super fantastic. That's amazing. So if other nonprofits want to hire you to write grants for them, do you have the time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then, like I said, I'm building a team now. Okay. And so um, what I find is very important, though, even if people hire me, um, I understand that it's better to teach people how to fish, right? And then, like I said, they're going to need to manage this grant as well. Mm -hmm. I can help to teach them to manage the grant, but I find that um, organizations really benefit the best if they understand from beginning to end the grant process. So one, how to find grants. Where do you find grants that's appropriate for your organization? How to write the grant. When you receive the grant, how do you do program evaluation? Yes. Right? Program evaluation and then how you manage this money. Um, Many people think that when they receive a grant, they they just get a check up front. (laughs) Say that again. No, say that again again because... Is the grant something where they're going to advance you money, their language, or are they going to reimburse you as you spend? And that is another challenge for a lot of organizations because they get a reimbursable grant where you have to spend X amount of dollars before you get reimbursed on approved items because you can't just spend. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's an interesting dance. But yeah. once you master it, it's it's simple. It's very detailed. Mm-hmm. It's very and that's detailed. why I have grant preparation services first when I work with new clients. Um, so usually the first step in working with a client is not just to write their grant. For me, I want to uh, do an assessment. Right. That's my social work background. We do assessments first before we just start applying treatments and interventions. What are they documents? <laughs> right. Exactly. What do the documents we talk about that all the time. Yes. Have your documents in order. Absolutely. So I have a checklist and we run through that checklist and I say, do you have your 501c3 document? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a nonprofit. We're 501c3. I, I want to see your determination letter. Or what I do is I just go on the IRS website myself and I go to tax exempt search and I look to see if I can find that um, that 501c3 documentation. Because if you are a smaller nonprofit, you have to file a return every year because if you don't file and we talk about this, if Mm -hmm. you don't file in three years, your exemption gets revoked. Mm. And I can't tell you the number of people that they started it maybe in three years ago mm-hmm. and they believe they got that determination letter which they did mm-hmm. but if you didn't file those returns you are now revoked, the revoked. Status is revoked. even if you didn't make a lot of money even, even if they didn't like make I, money. I, for, uh, I have a small nonprofit, and uh, 
we had to file and, and Leah helped us out and she was like well how much money did you make and we told her she was like oh that's not a lot I can just file it this way you know because there's certain ways you have to file based on how much money you bring <laughs> in but if even if you only receive a $250 donation you still have to tell you the file every year you well, got it well no and, and with that it's a simpler form mm-hmm. it's just an information return but you want to file the postcards right and the time just getting it if you haven't you just file every year mm-hmm. just file it every year so that way you don't have to worry about it getting revoked because it's a little challenging to get it back it and takes time you bring that up and uh, there's a young lady in my nonprofit leaders academy now and part of the nonprofit leaders academy is i offer them some complimentary consultations one-on-one and i'm glad that this young lady scheduled the appointment with me because while we were there doing our consultation on zoom i said let me just go and look up your nonprofit organization now Went to the IRS website and guess what? It was revoked. The status was revoked. And she and didn't I even sh- know. She didn't know. I said, let me share the screen and let me show you what I'm talking about and direct you to it. You need to get in touch with an accountant. I think I need to make a referral possibly to Crawford <laughs> Management, <laughs> Management Group. Group. That's what we do. So we do because with the revoked status, it's just some returns that have to be filed. It is a process. And we um, we've been doing it for years, but more importantly, just reaching out to our clients and letting them know um, because they're not aware of the secretary of state. You have to pay the secretary of state every year. Yes. I think it's 50 bucks. It is. It is. It Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're like, well, I'm not doing anything. Doesn't doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. As part of you setting up this nonprofit and having this vision to do this, there are certain things that you must do every year. Mm-hmm. Every year, so to stay in good standing, stay in good standing. Yeah. paperwork, Girl. the same paperwork you need for a for-profit business, you need for your non-profit business. Mm-hmm. Your licensing has to be in order. Your state licensing, your city licensing, your county licensing—the same things we talk about. Now, do you help? clients with the state tax exemption because that's something totally different yes absolutely so um that's through the nevada treasurer's office taxation taxation taxation, thank you thank Mm -hmm. you thank you thank you taxation um so first we um we have to get them established as a 501 c3 first yes so we go through everything to get that paperwork um, done Um, they get incorporated in the state of nevada Mm -hmm. then once they get their 501 c3 determination letter from the uh, irs then that's when we can go to taxation and say hey can we apply for a sales tax exemption yeah Yeah. because that's the other that's the Mm -hmm. other part people assume you know i got this nonprofit set up i'm already mm -mm." it's another application there is it's another (laughs) there's another the application and they want a business plan they want they, they want, want a, want a they want a business plan, plan and mm. they want it they want it well documented what do you plan to do what are you and they want volunteer hours and some yes. more stuff it's a very detailed application and what we were finding is um people would set up the nonprofits and then they would come to us and some of them had been established for years and i'm like where's this state tax exemption mm-hmm. and they would look at me huh i didn't know mm, okay yeah let's go let's do it there's levels to this there's levels to this <laughs> so business plans and we always talk about this business plans are needed for profits and nonprofits. It is. Marketing plans are needed for profits and 
and nonprofits. It is because when you are applying for grants, it makes it much more easier to apply for the grant when either um, you or you're working with a grant writer or someone within your organization when they can use that information to write from. Um, I usually tell people that when you work with somebody like me as a grant writer, I'm really just a ghostwriter. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your organization's life. You are just telling me the story of your organization, whether it's verbally or by your website or the documentation that you have. And then I use that information to technically write about your organization. But I can't make your story up. Right. I can't make up the story. You about, mean you're not, you're not a, a, a story writer? I'm not a story not writer. That, you know, I'm creative. I write <laughs> creatively. I write creatively, but I'm not here to make stuff up. Right. Because and we appreciate that. I'm not the one that will be held accountable um, when you when your organization has to explain what did you do with the money? What did you do? And mm-hmm. that's again, and a, a lot of grants will surprise you. And you'll fill out the application and you'll receive the grant and they'll wire the money to your account. And then less than a year later, they'll say, do you have a report for me? Oh, well, yeah, they, <laughs> you're going to have to do either monthly reports, quarterly reports, semi-annual reports or annual reports. Something, so, but you should, but just get in the habit of it. Because I know absolutely. sometimes you get monies from different foundations that don't require as much. And what we found is with certain nonprofits, if we just told them what we did with the money, even if we didn't spend all of the money, but we can document, um, instance, Native Son Spelling Bee. Mm-hmm. We always document it, send them pictures, mm-hmm. thank them, and things like that. That goes a long way because when you come around and ask again, it's not a question. They know that you are going to do the work. I was just getting ready to say that. If you have documentation, you have photos, you have video, you have write-ups in the paper, you have clips from the news, you keep all of that stuff because that tells your story. It does. And then that that's what helps you to, once again, write another grant or get this same grant renewed for mm-hmm. the following year and get more money, right? Um, I helped one client, one organization. We wrote. They had been doing excellent work in the community already for about two three years before they found me Um, I said okay let's start writing this up let's apply for some grants we applied for a state grant this was even before the pandemic we got them $180,000 first time out the gate that's a blessing. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Now, I will say that that is a pretty, you know, unique case. That's all very right? unique. <laughs> Not every organization is getting $180,000 first time around. But what was um, even better for that organization is um, that the next time they were keeping documentation, yes. keeping um, uh, history on who they had served, the population, mm-hmm. demographics, what type of services people were receiving, what frequency they had names, addresses, phone numbers. So they verifiable. had a verifiable, verifiable. Mm-hmm. names, addresses, and phone <laughs> Absolutely. numbers. Absolutely. Yes. And we reapplied and they got double the money the following year. Just by doing the work. Well, Just by doing the work and keeping documentation. All right. So let's get that contact information again because I know we are almost at the end of our show for all of you nonprofits out there that need a little bit of help at 702-440-9390 again that's 702-440-9390 and if you have access to your computer www.grantmesuccess.com Janice I want to say thank you thank you for taking the time I know we reconnected again with the downtown 
um, alliance, yes. just taking a class, always learning. You're always out in the community telling people about your services, offering your services, but also getting educated, Absolutely. learning how you can be a better business owner because we didn't get a chance to talk about that, but we'll talk about that the next time we bring you on. Absolutely. But thank you again for coming. I, I appreciate, so appreciate you having me. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you again. We really appreciate it. Now you, Miss Rhonda, Miss Rhonda, Miss Rhonda, what's going on? Oh my God, we have so much going on okay. in our Las Vegas community. I just want to say LVFires.com. So we talked with David Ricketts last week, LVFires.com. If you want a fire blanket, I'm going to keep on promoting it. He talked. I mean, he scared me and made me realize that I don't do a lot of stuff right, but it's okay. I'm got to not charge my cell phone up overnight and all that other stuff. But LVFires.com, they will come out, do a fire inspection of your house, check your fire, um, your smoke detectors, and you get a free fire blanket. That's cool. By just filling out the questionnaire. So LVFires.com. And I know we got some youth cooking shows. Classes coming up. 100 Black Men of Las Vegas has a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. Next Tuesday is the virtual youth cooking class with executive chef Dia Young. So if you signed up your loved one, they're going to have fun on Tuesday night for the cooking class. So we're very excited about that. Hi, Hi, Dia. Dia. Also, next week is a very big week. If you'd like to find out more programs about the 100 Black Men of Las Vegas, the Citywide Mentorship Program Information Session that will take place on Wednesday, October 25th at the Doolittle Community Center at 6 p.m. and learn about all the different programs we have to offer and and find out how you can get your children set up for success. And all you have to do is go to eventbrite.com to RSVP. It's no charge for anything. Light refreshments will be served. What day does that again? That is Wednesday, the 25th of October. That's my grandmother's birthday. Oh, yeah. okay. hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandma. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, on a, um, okay, so they're going to do little and we can sign up. And y'all, this is the banking class. This is the investment class. Yes. And all the other programs that 100 Black Men is offering in our community. And just so you know, they give out for the banking class and investment class, the children get $200 for participating if they are successful in participating. Yes. And it's real because I cash I cash checks. <laughs> yes. I cash some checks. In addition to that, 100 Black Men of Las Vegas gives out a lot of scholarships. Yes, they do. And the only requirement is that you're part of our mentoring program. So if you participate in our cooking class and our banking class, our investment class, or any other class we may have, then you are ready to apply for a scholarship when it's time for you to go to college or do a trade or whatever it is you want to do after you turn 18. So what we're saying, guys, do the work. It's there. The money's there. We're going to show you how to get to it. Well, until next week, Miss Rhonda. Until I know we next until week. next week and until next week. Peace and blessings, Peace and Las, blessings Vegas. Las Vegas. Bye.